The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's the first of three films in a row. That's usually called a trilogy, so we're going to use that term today. That's right, it's the start of Trilogy Weeks, and this year's trilogy, you, our lovely patrons and fans on Facebook, have chosen the Terminator Trilogy. Dun, 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 dun. That's right, we are covering the first three films in the Terminator franchise and looking at that trilogy, starting with 1984's The Terminator. Dun, 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 dun. Joining me as our guest who has not seen the film and joining us for the next three weeks, it's Jason Dolly. Hey, how, how are, are you, Stephen? I'm well. You beat me to it. How are you, Jason? I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to make you feel welcome. I feel extremely welcome. <laughs> uh, Jason, just for the folks at home, uh, maybe if they haven't uh, heard your lovely voice before, yes. who are you, Jason, and what do you do? I am uh, Jason Dolly. I am a cosplayer, and I also work at Murdoch University in the Outreach Division. And you've never seen any of the Terminator films? Never seen any of them, no. Mm. I was, I'm kind of... Peaked to kind of after age of it. Mm. Like, when did when did Terminator come out? This first one came out in 1984. Okay, 84. I was born 87. Mm-hmm. So I was only into films like 95. And the other good one from the series yes. came out in Okay, 19- this is a bad one. <laughs> uh, and I know, actually, I know which one it is. Yeah. I've, I, I'm part of culture. Yes. Uh, the other good one, um, Terminator 2, came out in 91. One. Yeah, so yes. I was... Three, four. You're probably something. a bit young. Bit too for young it. for yeah. that. So I do remember on Year Four camp, somebody had a sleeping bag with the Terminator on it, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I found out about the Terminator. That is a frightening sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a movie postery one. You know, even so, it's even like, so, yeah. yeah, that's that's not what I would want. Just the glowing red eye <laughs> shining at night. Come with me if you want to sleep. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what are you expecting from from this first one? This this eighties Terminator. Um, Right, so I know a little bit about how it's kind of laid out, or at least how it's set. Um, so I know this is kind of the Terminator's the bad guy in mm-hmm. this one, at the very least. And I think he's the good one in the second one, or at least the Arnold Terminator. Mm. So I know Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know the do-do-do-do-do. Because like, Terminator's a big part of like popular culture mm. and movies in general. So I'm probably going to sit there and go... Oh, that's what The Simpsons was ripping off. Yeah. And things like that. There's even the do 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 thing. I've heard a lot because there's a professional wrestler who I like who uses that to like psych himself up. He'll make that kind of like like punch the mat to that tune. Oh yeah. And then he'll jump over or hit somebody or something like mm. that. So I kinda know that. Um, what else? I know some names. Mm-hmm. John Connor, Sarah Connor. 
Reese someone. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Reese Darby, but no, that's not it. That's a it's not Reese Darby. It's not Reese Darby. I, I can confirm that. <laughs> cool. No. It's not Reese with a spoon. No, it's, it's not Reese. It's not Reese's pieces. No. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you're so quick at thinking about <laughs> Reese things, and I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah so I would say that's about most of my knowledge. All right. Well, joining us uh, as our first Sherpa through the Terminator <laughs> Mountains. Sherpanator. Yeah, our Sherpanator uh, for Terminator 1. Uh, and making his debut on the program, it's Bradley Clark, everybody. Hey. How you doing, Bradley? Uh, pretty good. I'm very excited to watch Terminator again. Uh, I love this movie as a kid. It's funny that you say that you only got into watching movies in 1995 because that's when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched these movies way sooner than I probably should have as a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm super into them. Excellent. Uh, Brad, just for the people listening at home, who are you and what do you do? I'm a guy who lifts heavy stuff because he picked a degree <laughs> that has no jobs going for it right now. Real estate. That's a bit harsh. Uh, I'm currently doing volunteering at RTRFM. Um, uh, Job-wise, I just do whatever pays right now. <laughs> no, that's that's mm-hmm. that's the economy. Yeah, that's yeah. The- <laughs> um, now, fans fans of this program uh, may may vaguely remember that for our one hundredth episode, around about this time last year, um, we were in a live sort of studio format. Um, I know a live podcast is a weird concept, but um, uh, you were actually our, our wonderful tech person, making sure that we could record uh, with more than three microphones. <laughs> yes, I was, uh, and I guess I was so enraged by the poor job that you did that I figured I had to come on and just make everything right. Yeah, you just had to stew on it for one whole year (laughs) and then storm in here and go, Terminator! So now that we're here, um, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can Jason and others who've not seen this film expect from Terminator? Uh, You can expect some great 80s schlock, like just... You know, people getting thrown through windows, cars smashing through things. Robocopy goodness. Yeah, just like some some good old people beating each other up because they're in their way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Absolute goodness and Reagan tastic and just a lot of um a lot of just like Arnie skin, just like a lot of big muscular skin. Mm. And in terms of well, I mean, in terms of where Arnold was in terms of his like peak physical fitness. This is this is pretty much peak yeah. Arnold. Yeah, mm. he he just came off Conan, so he mm. was like just <laughs> he was just a bunch of like bulging orbs underneath just a skin suit mm. at this point. Yeah, so with all that being said, shall we watch the Terminator? Oh sure. yeah. All right, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop in your DVDs and don't worry, we'll be back as we watch the Terminator. back everybody we have just finished watching the terminator and by we i of course mean bradley clark hey and jason doley hello jason that was your first time watching the terminator <laughs> yes what did you think i'm i'm kind of processing it at the moment I, it's not okay i'll say it's not bad mm-hmm. i'm just trying to work out how good it is at the moment i yeah. think you guys will help me work that one out mm. it's there it's 
It exists. It exists. Yep. It, yeah. it, it, it's there. It Making has it not better. been wiped from any continuity mm-hmm. by things going back to try and wipe it out. It's it's. It, I will say it's definitely good, mm-hmm. and I think uh, yeah no I like it. Um, but at the same time, there's some stuff in there, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have not watched this for maybe ten plus years, and it has aged considerably even in that time even in 10 years yeah, yeah. Uh, i remember the first time watching it going oh you know it's because my experience my first experience was terminator 2 yeah and then i went back and watched terminator and i was like okay it's not as polished but that's okay it's seven years older it had significantly less money they were still working out what the what the whole idea was but watching it this time i'm kind of going oh yeah this this has not aged well particularly on like a nice big television screen as well yeah, yeah. um but Bradley, I had a lot of fun watching this. I yeah. think I think this stuff- it's it's a very fun film. It is, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. fun. I would I would liken it, and I think you'll find. Um, have you seen Underworld? Yes. I would liken it very much to Underworld in the level of just like the action movie formula from that time period, and yeah. like the way things are resolved. So like it is so very. It is the eighties underworld. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very much like a. After you first watch it, you're like, "Did I like that?" And then I'm sure you might come back to it later, like. Or you think about bits because there's there's a nice history, but not history, but like thoughts behind it. And so I think like later tonight I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that wasn't bad." Yeah. So I think I will kind of enjoy it in the end, but mm. yeah. So. The main thing I found from rewatching this that kind of stood out as being good was the action sequences. They yeah. really hold up for me in terms of when it's Arnold on mm. set shooting up the cop shop or, you know, just, just looking vaguely menacing and, and <laughs> you know, shooting things. Um, those sequences, the way they're shot, are quite simple, but they're yeah. really well done. Showing people being shot at and then you have like a reaction shot of someone mm. who's been shot. And then yeah. you just rinse and repeat that, mm. but like it's it works. It especially the the scene when um, Reese is um, remembering all of his friends and everyone he knows being yeah. massacred. Oh yeah, from the flash forward technically the, to the yeah, to the, the Terminator flashback, depending yeah. on if you're Michael Bean or not. Yeah, where the Terminators turn up and um, destroy the base he's living in, and his and photograph gets burned. Yeah, the dogs get killed. Yeah. This is John Wick all over again. It's a long time before that guy decides to kill the dogs. Yeah, that Terminator. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, oh, this is, oh, this would be on the good side of does a dog die in the end.com. Mm. And then it wasn't. It no. was not. No. Um, but yeah, I, I felt those sequences worked really well. And compared to something like Robocop, which mm. is, you know, sort of similar, mechanical man shoots things in the 80s, <laughs> um, Robocop felt almost farcical. Like it's, it's, it, it's scenes of yeah. violence were big and fun and well shot, but they were kind of shot with like a, a Tongue-in-cheek, tongue yeah. kind of like, yeah. this is so dumb, yeah. but you guys seem to love it, so we're going to do it, but we think it's dumb as mm. Paul Verhoeven and everybody making it, Yeah, but you're still going to revel in it. It's mm. the kind of, they were having their cake and eating it too. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is serious. Yeah. Like, no, you should feel bad that the lieutenant got shot and then his mate came along, looked at him, and then shot, got shot as well. Yeah, and also the fact, it almost feels at times more like a slasher horror, except instead yeah. of having a knife, he's got a 9mm Uzi. Yeah, and, lots of guns. Yeah, a laser gun. Well, the film James Cameron made just before this was Piranha 2. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. So he was he, he would have been in that mind, even though he absolutely hated working on <laughs> Piranha 2. And he had just hated water ever since, didn't <laughs> yeah. he? Mm. The other thing that stood out from this film, for me at least, was Arnold uh, himself, <laughs> was, was Mr. Schwarzenegger. Um, just like, th- this is an almost entirely physical performance, but it's one that you could really easily see being cocked up by somebody yeah. less physically um, capable of communicating everything. Mm. He has 17 lines in the entire film, and he gets through the majority of them within like the first act of the film. Mm. Do those lines include like when he's impersonating uh, like, not the mom? In- not including the voiceovers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's... Where he's doing his little Iago like, trick. <laughs> like, uh, fun fact about Arnie as the Terminator... Uh, Arnold was actually originally casted to play Reese. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I forget if it was James Cameron or if it was someone else in the production team. For, it's his film, so I'm just going to say that James Cameron did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he, he can wear that blame. He can yeah, wear that he, badge of honor. He, he hated the notion of Arnie being Reese so much that he like stormed over to him and he was like planning on having like a big argument so that way he could be like, nah, he's not in the film, we'll get someone else to play Reese. But he ended up actually really liking him so much that he went, actually, we should get you to play the Terminator. Mm. And that's when they got him. Do you know who was originally going to be cast as the Terminator? There's there's a few knocking around. So I'm going to... Can I guess? You can yeah, guess. It, it was a name... Like, was it somebody who was kind of famous at the time? Yeah. Or are we talking... So, I'm going to go with... Can I put out two? Yes. Yeah, go for it. Was it Peter Mayhew or was it Stallone? No. Ah. I mean, Stallone is one of the ones that's linked in the trivia, but I know exactly who you're thinking of. OJ Simpson. <laughs> I, I, you know, I knew that one. And then they were like, nah, we couldn't imagine him being a killer. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, there is even like... Poster artwork done. Yes, of, I've seen that artwork yeah, of OJ Simpson as uh, the Terminator. Yeah. yeah, and I mean OJ Simpson at that would time would have made the naked gun quite a funny thing to mention at the beginning scene. It certainly would have, yeah. <laughs> um, but he OJ Simpson at that time, uh, you know, pre-murdering people would have would have been um, <laughs> would have been a good um, choice. Like you know, because you need someone who is a, a physical specimen. And he was a football player. Mm, like yeah. that was the big thing. Like it was mm. like Arnold Schwarzenegger was weird because muscle people hadn't really gone that heavily into film. Mm. Or at least mainstream film at the time. There was yeah. literally like you know, there's as I said, like, you know, there was David Prowse who did like Darth Vader. He was a weightlifter who became an actor as mm, well. Yeah. And then there's Andre the Giant. Andre the but, Giant. But that's after this. Is, that's after this as yeah. well. There's Mickey Hargate, who was a Hungarian. Mm. He, Jane Mansfield's husband. Yeah. Um, who Arnold Schwarzenegger played, I think, one of his first roles was actually playing Mickey Hargate. All right. Um, it's Mariska Hargate from Law and Order. Yeah. That's her dad. Ah, oh, right. And yeah, his, her mother is Jane, Ma- Jane Mansfield. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's... And that's it. Like, now we have a lot of big muscle-bound kind mm. of... Oh, actors, yeah. we've got. So, which one do you want? Do you want The Rock? Do you want look, most of them are wrestlers? Which John one Cena? These, which one of these interchangeable muscular bald men do you yeah, want to play your? Yeah, your exactly. Movie? And you throw them all into a Fast and Furious and just pick out which ones you want. Mm. Um, or you want, you know, you've got Dave Bautista, and then you've just got normal actors who just bulk up for roles like mm. Chris Evans. Yeah, 
Um, and I think that's interesting looking at the impact that a film like The Terminator mm. had. I mean, or, or specifically an actor like Arnold Schwarzenegger had, because, you know, he did Conan, he did this, he did Predator, mm. all within the space of about five years, and made himself this, you know, this guy who essentially spoke with a funny voice, who wasn't considered a great actor, yeah. but made himself into, like, a bankable Hollywood Very star. bankable star. Extremely yeah. bankable. Oh, yeah. And almost the prototype in a way. Yeah. Not and to use more robot references, but yeah, yeah like everything else from there. It's mm. like Ben Stallone for like Rambo man had to get himself big. Yeah. And but but, yeah. Th- but this film probably more than any is responsible for, for mm. Schwarzenegger's career. Yeah. For definitely. for what what came after. Um, and I think the the reason that it works is it's it's well shot, it's well considered. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's quite a well written role. And yeah, I got to admit, I think the script writing is quite good, yeah. like or at least the storylines because it's simple. Mm. It's like okay, this is it. You can think about it more if you want. It's a, got a bit of a you know don't tell like show don't tell kind of thing where yeah. you can just yeah. go all right there, there must be this and this must mean that and you can make your own inferences which yeah. leads to good world building in the future as well mm, so yeah. which like oh. you you pointed out as we were watching it um it's very like exposition action exposition action mm. which is pretty typical of a lot of action films but i i always felt like when i first watched it and like all subsequent viewings of it it never really the exposition bits never feel too like shoved in it mm. it it always has felt like legitimate points in time in which exposition would be able to be given yeah. mm. there's not like a, a shot of them like sitting by a creek and then someone's like tell me about your trauma type yeah. thing it's like and and then when it's when it is feeling a bit like the one time i can think maybe against that but it still works for your point as well is when they're hiding from him in the parking lot in the car Mm -hmm. and he's like I'm just going to explain things while we're trying to be quiet and so on like that but that just makes it more tense I want to listen but also you know he's going to burst out at any moment and shoot everyone yeah and same with um, when they're sleeping in the underpass um, Mm. which makes sense you know they've literally just escaped a massacre at the cop station and he's been shot he needs time to, to convalesce like I, I think they picked those moments quite well, but it did feel very much like, like action, uh, rest, action, rest, and it it worked perfectly well. But it was kind of it felt quite um, obvious, I suppose, compared to other films which have come later, um, particularly uh, Terminator Two, which we'll be getting to yep. in the next episode. I feel as though that has that same structure, but I feel like it's it's better for uh, Cameron having gone through this first film to kind of work out how to make that flow without feeling so part one, part two, I guess. Um, Elsewhere in this film, we have Linda Hamilton as Sarah Mm. Connor. um, Absolute babe. uh, Just that (laughs) shot of her on that that scooter with with the wonderful lady's hair. The feathered hair. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten just how good she was in this film as the non uh, badass destiny mother Sarah, okay, Connor, Sarah Connor because all of her subsequent ones all of her subsequent appearances are she's a more of a badass yeah and yeah. she's also aware of the fact that you know robots are coming from the future to kill her or or her son or whatever yeah and the f- it, it, like that that's kind of like the Linda Hamilton that's always in my mind yeah so to see kind of the pre Linda Hamilton the, the pre Sarah Connor is it character Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor yeah. yeah sorry the pre um 
cool Sarah Connor yeah. is actually kind of nice mm. as opposed to like seeing like the pre Darth Vader Darth Vader which was not fun no uh, but that so. was also stretched over three films true uh, which if it was three films of maybe Sarah Connor and they had to make her whiny or something like that mm. then yeah I'm sure we would disagree we mm. dislike her but I yeah I thought she was great in this as well mm. I don't think I can add too much to what you guys have said mm. especially without my knowledge of where she goes mm. I assume she's in kind of all of them yeah. but yeah, her like journey as a character in this film is very similar to the journey that um oh, you're gonna have to help Rip- me Ripley. Uh, Rip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what's her name? What's her name? Um, it's it's pretty much the arc that Ripley goes through over the first and the second Alien films, mm-hmm. but just like in the first one to then set her up for all the subsequent Terminator films. She gets a big machinery, uh, yeah. get away from her, you bitch type moment. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She kind of had that in this too, where she when she actually yeah, yeah. finally blows up the Terminator. Yeah, and it, it is interesting looking at um, Sarah Connor and and Ripley together as sort of this um, first wave of female Hollywood action. action stars. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that in both cases they're shown their first appearance is very much shown as them going from nothing, violence, what, to, to survive. Zero to hero. Yeah. I mean, we get that with lots of traditional male films, but it seems to be shown with a bit more, like, mastery of a craft. Like The Karate Kid. Yeah. Or, or Luke Skywalker. You feel like it, it grows in the correct yeah. way. Whereas in this, it's more like, oh, I've just got out with the skin of my teeth, and now next time you see me, I'm going to be a badass mother trucker, and I'm yeah. going to know what to do. Um, I just then, yeah, it's, it is interesting that there are such similarities. I don't, I, I presume they've cribbed off each other. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, and and then of course um, Kyle Reese, uh, mm. played by Michael Bean. Um, you know, he's he's dead, so <laughs> he, he. So I'm not going to see him again. No. No, no, no more Kyle Reese. No, he's. I mean, there's time travel, he, so. Well, okay, but you you won't see him. As he was in this film. Okay. Um, and I, that, that's almost a little Ooh, bit of a shame. mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like Michael Bean. Mm. I don't, I have not seen as many schlocky 80s films, so I'm not as aware of him. Mm. I get him confused with, who played Robocop? Frank Weller? Um, yeah, I think it's Frank Weller. Yeah. Or Paul Weller. Okay. Paul Verhoeven was the director. Paul Verhoeven was the yeah, director. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Frank Weller. Okay. I get Frank Weller. And I know they're very different, but yeah. I... Um, he doesn't yeah. have as prominent a chin. No, exactly. Or a giant forehead, but that's just from Robocop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a really interesting um, protagonist. And I think it's really fun the way that this film starts. You're not sure... Or at least I'm going to presume, Jason, as a first-time viewer, you're not sure of their intentions. Like, you sort of know that yeah. Arnold's a baddie because you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays... Some the baddie. Bit, plays something called the Terminator. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, no, I think it's... You could see it, like, you know, if nobody was spoiled. Mm. But, you know, this is an... Like, this is an... Like, 30-plus, 35-year-old... 36? 36-year-old film. Yeah, it's, it, it's getting there, yeah. Yeah, a 36-year-old film. So I've kind of known that, and so I've kind of known that there was a goodie and there was a baddie. Mm. And I think it's I think it's interesting that usually the... Like, in a really other schlocky standard... And we're using the word schlocky a lot, too, but yeah, I think it's a good it's, description it's of... It's so accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's a good description of not... Ju- like, you know, this film, in a nice way... Uh, it, I think it's we're using schlocky in terms of, like... For every time we use the word schlocky, we mean 
crappy but good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think that's where we mean it. But in any other kind of film like that, like for the male character to kind of become cool and the badass that they are, it would usually be the woman having to die or betray him to do this. And in this, it is a swap. It is Carl Reese doing that for her. Mm. It's about time the man gets fridged. Yeah, yeah, refrigerated, Mm. exactly. Yeah. Um, Bradley, this is obviously uh, a film that you were very excited to be doing. Oh, Um, yeah. And you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you'd last watched this film just a few months ago. Yep. Um, What is it about this this version of the terminator this kind of like first form almost this 1.0 program i guess of what it is what is it about it that that just hooks you in oh man i'm just like i'm just a sucker for films from like you know the 80s and the 90s those like (laughs) action films and stuff like that because like i had this point in time where my uncle was just like hey i just like collect films here's like all of the films that i watch like between the 80s and 90s so i just like watch this great slew of things um so then like i got the opportunity to just watch a bunch of like really great series like one after another and terminator Mm -hmm. was one of them um and the the first one always just stuck with me because most part um the the second final scene when he when the terminator is just a torso crawling Mm -hmm. at sarah connor um that gave me nightmares as a kid (laughs) and it was one of those things where, like, at first it, like, terrified me. And then thinking back on it later, I'm like, oh, no, but that's actually, like, super cool. And then I, like, rewatch it again. And I'm like, yeah, it's, like, as cool as I remember it. Mm. Though, like, you know, with each subsequent viewing, <laughs> it ages a bit more. It does. Um, when it gets all Ray Harryhausen-y, like, stop motion. Yeah, mm. yeah but I just, like, look, watching it again now, it's just, like, the hair, the outfits, like, the set mm. pieces are so, like, dirty all the time. Mm. Mm. Um, it's just like this gritty techno noir, but like pre lived in. It's like pre edge almost. Yeah, like it has some edgy stuff, like the punks at the start. Oh, the the (laughs) Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton with his with like a weird bit of like they blacked out his teeth to give him a weird like like gap. Yeah. Um, yeah, it like it it lacks the edge that you would see from like some more modern techno noir stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, but still manages to like have this like kind of grossness to everything. Get what yeah. I, mean? I, I do love that the, the nightclub is called Tech Noir. And yeah. you have that wonderful shot of the Terminator just shooting stuff with the sign flashing behind him, Tech Noir. <laughs> As though James Cameron is going, I've invented a genre, guys. Witness me. Look at this. Notice it. Um, yeah, it's... But you're right. It is fun. And considering this is coming almost hot on the heels of Blade Runner as well. Mm. It's, it's released two years after it. Um, it. It's obviously not got quite the... Um, I'm, I'm going to say it doesn't quite have the aesthetic that Blade Runner achieved. Um, yeah. But it, it's still very much like part of that that world, very much part of that, um, that kind of movement in that time period, which even bled into things like Back to the Future Part 2, when we see the... 2015 that they yeah. go to in the way that they're it, it's, the bad the bad one where it's uh, Donald Trump so Biff Tanner is in yeah. charge <laughs> the of everything five, yeah, yeah. Um, that, like that kind of imagined crappy future everyone kind of all 
got the same memo, I yeah. guess, and we're just mm. like, this is this is how it's going to look. But mm. I think this is definitely a, an important film in kind of popularizing. And it's such it. yeah, such an eighties thing of like even there's points when like newspaper blows across the script yeah. across there as well. You can tell this child is poor because she's wearing a plastic bag as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's yeah. I think going back with that as well, there is also some things in that, especially in, if we look at the future, the twenty. 27 did we work at 2029 2029 thing that didn't age so well unfortunately they're also kind of the first bits you see like the miniatures mm. of the tank rolling mm. out crushing the skulls which clearly are like candy sized yeah skulls they, they, they like the weight which uh, i think future films in this series which yeah. retell it they, they can do it much better because they have a budget a budget and yeah, yeah there, there was this was also in the point where they didn't really totally understand that weight was important mm. for really good special effects mm. so if everything looked right they thought it would be right mm. and like weights kind of only come into it well mm. you know as as things now look good you know weights become important for things yeah. to actually make them look like they have some heft to them otherwise it's weird floaty yeah cg yeah. Or... but but the mood and aesthetic of those scenes i was surprised how well that held up oh yeah it, the future looks like garbage yeah. yeah and that is the exact aesthetic that they were going for it looked like just an absolute shithole yeah. i can admit it was really only when i met the people that mm. I felt like the future looked garbage and kind of interesting yeah before that when it's just him running around it kind of just looked like bad laser tag I got that feeling yeah as well. like I was yeah. literally sitting there going oh this isn't a reference from the Simpsons this is literally a reference from like the dark zone laser tag that used to be down the road from yeah. where I lived <laughs> And it's like, dun, dun, like you know, all the noises mm. that were going on. The music, we'll get to the music as well when we go there. But just with like, the laser firing and things like that, especially before you really see all the people, even the first kind of fight you see where mm. him and his mate are trying to take out a tank tread yeah. and so on, that still felt really not great. It wasn't until you met the people. And yeah. I, that's probably, I wouldn't say it's on purpose, but it's understandable. Yeah, I quite liked the, the bit where he successfully pipe bombs um the, the tank in the future yeah and then gets in the car and they've got the, the airship shooting stuff at them like that yeah. was like this is high octane and good yeah that, that it, got good yeah but just that first bit especially where the other guy just gets shot and you can watch him just go damn and then yeah. just keep going i was like oh that's we're a few that's of yeah there's yeah that kind of thing it's like, mm. oh no bradley the music the music oh man the music um okay so first thing with the music the main theme that we all know and love from terminator mm. from terminator 2 is very different in the first terminator film um it's the i don't i can't even like even after just hearing it remember the pattern from it's the first Terminator. like that's that's it was, what it feels no, yeah, like and there was even points where it got into like doctor who like the yeah the um, but that sound is actually the composer for the film uh, just banging pot pans together mm. in like his bathroom or something like that. <laughs> um, <and laughs> well, I'm not wasting this sound that I accidentally recorded. <laughs> yeah. um, and so he also did Terminator 2 as well. Yeah, mm. when they were like, hey, instead of having to make a soundtrack using like one synthesizer mm. <laughs> and, some and a bunch of pop pans, here's like a budget that you can use to like make other stuff. Mm. And then he made a really good soundtrack. Yeah. But in the first one, oh man, just like, it sounds like a cat walking across like a keyboard and mm. then occasionally falling over. The music for the cop shop uh, 
massacre. I, I think it's the only word for it. I was going to say fight, but it's not really. Much <laughs> yeah, fun. it's pretty um, one side. Yeah, uh, it, I felt that that kind of that that vibe, that very synthesized music that um, has obviously been utilized by things like Stranger Things more recently to evoke that time period. I actually liked. Uh, I, I know it's simple. I know it's somebody just hitting a, a synthesizer, but I felt that in that scene in particular, it worked because it was like you know this is the future now here, and it's terrible, and, it's <laughs> and it sounds and, and it's chaos, and it is chaos. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's bad sounding chaos that sounds horrific. Yeah, and that that one no scene, majesty. that one scene, it fit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like the like some one. of the chase bits earlier as well, where yeah. like, mm. like that, that, but like almost like it's jazz, but played on a synth. Yeah, at a few points, especially I think the first bit when Michael Bean's um, both shopping and escaping from the cops at the same yeah. time. That was like, what is this? Yeah, and that's it. Like you, um, I sometimes think with this kind of film, like it's a, like a really good film like this would put all the really good stuff at the front. Mm. But I think because it wasn't as polished because of lack of money and, you know, yeah, everything only else. $6 million. Yeah, which is nothing now. It was yeah. a fair bit back then. But, like, it's it like, kind of redeems itself later from things. Because like, i got to admit, though, for 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this, is, this isn't going great. And no. then, then it kind of solves itself. Kind of everything, basically from when she goes into, <laughs> as soon as we find out that, you know, there's a new genre because of the nightclub that we've yeah. gone into, Technoir. I'm like, okay, cool. Now it picks up. Yeah. Like, as soon as you have that first confrontation, you're like, oh, film's here. And let's go watch film rather than. I think that that is something that they rectify with Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. I, I think they. There's similar beats at the start of that film. Yep. And I think those beats are played quicker. Uh, um, they are. They yeah. just. So it's like, boom, 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 they boom. Just let's get just right knock to it out. Yeah. yeah. Is I guess one of the things that I'm thinking about with Terminator 2 is um, I recently we went and rewatched the Mummy trilogy. Oh, the Brendan Fraser. The Brendan Fraser yeah. Mummy. You know the good ones. Yeah. Um, Wait, there was the third one. There was. That was the one. The Terracotta Jet- Army. Yeah, the Terracotta. <coughs> the Jet Li How one. could you forget? <coughs> <laughs> Look, I think it, it's much better than the Tom Cruise one. Tom Cruise made a Mummy film. He did. Yeah, wow. Yes. <laughs> 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 um, sorry, re- sorry. I'll just you know you've got a very revisionist cough there. Yeah. But with those, like it's like the Mummy Returns is just. Did you guys like the Mummy? We're doing the Mummy again. We're yeah. not. We're trying to. We're trying to make it look bigger and louder. But we're not making it different. Mm. It's just going to be the Mummy again. Look, he's back. Mm. Yeah. And everything like that. So I'm. I'm interested to see where Terminator Two does that. Like whether it is mm. going to be beat for beat Terminator, but gooder. We're not going to say anything, yeah. um, but I think that's a really interesting kind of frame of mind to watch the subsequent films in this mm. trilogy for yourself and for anyone else that hasn't seen uh, the Terminator I films. I think you'll be very delighted. All right. There's, there's a reason why the second one. Yeah, like, everybody yeah, talks about the, the second one. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to start coughing about the third one? Because nobody huh? seems to like the third Terminator. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that bridge when we cross it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed also um, the the look and some of the movement of the completely de-skinned uh, Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, uh, that robot skeleton. Um, 
looks great when you can only see like his shoulders and head moving. Not so good when you can only see the feet. Yeah. Because that does look like it's just somebody with like two poles. As you're saying, little chicken little legs. Little chicken legs. Yeah. And he, he's got a dainty little foot touch as mm. well. Not like, because he's meant to be like a two-ton machine. Mm. Yeah. So it should be like, boom, boom. Like almost mm. like it's this dinosaur in human form. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's good. And then when they rotoscope things, then it looks bad. But some yeah. of those close shots, especially when it turns or it's doing mm-hmm. things that you can easily it's puppeteer, that's great. But but this was state of the art visual yeah. effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with as you were saying the the arm when he does the yeah, surgery. Yeah, when he cuts himself. his arm open and stuff like that. Yeah, mm. and the the the, ma- the the mask, the the replica head, yeah. um, which when it's it's sort of not moving, I think is actually pretty good. Yeah. But as soon as it moves, it looks too robotic, which is ironic because should be able to get away with that. Yeah. But then Arnold doesn't move very robotically yeah, as well, well. Arnold can't jut the way it does. Yeah, it, can, it yeah, it can't, you know, do the, yeah. Mm. But it's but it's still cool. And the, the thing I really appreciate, I think, watching this is like, you tried some ballsy stuff. Yeah. And I'm really glad that a lot of it paid off. Because, um, yeah, we'd yeah. have such, like, blockbusters would not be as good without the Terminators. I, I agree. I think, or at least somebody else would have had to have come along and invented the the techniques that that Cameron and his his cohort used mm. to make what is um, a franchise which still has films coming out as recently as last year. Last year, yeah. yeah. So yeah, six films. Six films. I mean, and just like talking about when you see his endoskeleton, mm. um, the scene where he is crawling and he's just a torso, yeah, um, is actually a really important scene in the film because. Uh, uh, while filming Piranhas 2, um, James Cameron was so stressed out by the film that he had a nightmare one night, and that nightmare that he had was of a chrome torso crawling at him. Mm. And then when he woke up, he was like, oh, I got to write, and he wrote about it, and that's where Terminator comes from. Mm. So that scene at the end is a nod to the inspiration of mm. the entire film and now subsequent mm. you know, multi-million dollar franchise as soon as he lost the chicken legs he was twice as scary yeah, yeah. he was it was way scarier <laughs> yeah um some really lovely explosions in this film particularly the truck oh yeah the truck is good yeah the truck like, is real good um like the, the 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 bit where sarah connor's green screened in doesn't look great but that's an issue with i've seen worse we've seen worse yeah yeah uh, i've but, seen worse recently but but the actual Boom! The yeah, and then was like you know established. He's there, and now let's go check out the explosion, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's let's go check it out. Let's, yeah. let's have a look. Um, it's yeah, th- those bits, the bits you're there for, it does really well. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's 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 fun. So obviously, I did, I did enjoy the bit where he's throwing the pipe bombs, mm. and obviously because they're on a road that's you know going to be used in a couple of hours once they stop shutting it down, they're just essentially just big puffs of smoke with a really mm. loud yeah. explosion. It's just like literally, had you watched it, it would be like crack and like mm. something like that. But with how they have to actually sell them as pipe bombs with nitroglycerin, mm. they have to make a bang explosion. Mm. Uh, Jason, you picked up very early in this film who John Connor's father was. Yes, uh, yeah. that, that it was Kyle Reese. Yeah, I kind of started laughing a lot, especially when it, I think it's one point where she stares at him. I'm like, yeah, oh. it was the moment they sat down on the underpass and she started doing first aid. On was him. it that? that, it that was yeah, that's right. The moment her hands touched him, you were like, "Oh, oh he, he's yeah. John Connor's father." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I was ever told that the, the Reese Kyle, mm. Kyle, Kyle Reese, Kyle, Kyle, yeah. Kyle, Kyle, yeah. 
Carl Reese was, his, yeah, or if I just kind of worked it out at that point. But mm. I guess it's it's only a trope now because it's been done to death. Mm. Like before, then it would have been, oh, that's quite clever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's clever. You know, it was clever back then. It's kind of like ham fisted now because it's like, oh, mm. that's that's kind of the obviously thing. Yeah. yeah. But I, what annoyed me a lot and made it really weird to me is the photo. And yeah. that kind of, it kind of broke me at the end of the film, yeah. I'll be honest. Mm. Um, because it's like, so does he know he always has to go back and get her pregnant? Do you <laughs> think that's what Kari's knows? Or is it like, because he doesn't seem to treat her like, like, no. like Trinity in the Matrix. She always knows that she's been told by the oracle that she's meant to fall in love with neo right and there's a way that she treats him well not treats him but kind of watches him mm. that kind of makes that interesting with this it's like it's just like no come on blah blah like literally like i only care about you because you're a receptacle for the guy that i really like idolize uh, he doesn't know like mm. uh, but then he's the, got the photo yeah and he the, keeps... the, the message that she's recording at the end she's pretty much saying to her son hey this guy's your dad. Give yeah. him this picture because he looked at this picture and fell in love with me. So if you give it to him and you don't tell him anything, uh, okay. then he'll come back. I thought it was yeah, this and get me himself. real preg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because he's staring at it like he, it was somebody he knew or lost as well. well so. I mean, in in the world that he comes from, Sarah Connor is almost a like quasi. But he doesn't know figure. that's a picture of Sarah Connor, does he? He does, he does because because Sarah Connor in twenty twenty nine world yeah. is essentially like if the Virgin Mary was She's also a... Patton. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if she was like, you know, one was like fighting a war or was like going off and doing this stuff. And, you know, mm. she's like the mother of the great hope. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he he might be looking at a picture and going, ah, oh, she's a fox as well. Um, but he... Yeah, yeah so, he, so he knows that is a picture of Sarah Connor? Because I don't think yeah. he even... Yeah, yeah, he he does. does know that. Okay, because I thought he didn't even know that. Yeah, but, that's yeah. why he goes back in time because he's in love with her. He, he volunteered to Okay, the well, I know he volunteered to go back, but he sold that on the idea of how much he idolised John Connor. Well, I think I also true. like you don't meet John Connor. Yeah. Like, there isn't a scene where you have, like, Alec Guinness playing John Connor or someone mm. like that to just go, ah, oh, you need to go back. And, hey, yeah. it's me, your son. I mean, your best friend. Yeah, I mean, your boss. <laughs> your boss. Yeah. Boss. Nothing else. Strictly platonic. Stare at this photo. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't she look... I mean, I don't want to say, does she look hot? Because... Uh, well, mom. for reasons I can't get into, but here you go. Take this photo. Check it out. Yeah. I think um, it was... That was the weirdest part. It's like, how does John Connor convince yeah. hey, Kyle yeah, Reese that of this my woman mom. is hot? Would you, would you and, smash? Yeah, would you? Yes? No? <laughs> Just three different photos. Like, snug, marry your boys. Like, try again. Yeah. No, you got them it's wrong. It's pictures <laughs> of two German shepherds and Sarah uh, well, I, I guess it's going to have to be Sarah Connor. Great time travel mission. Off, <laughs> off your pop. Um, yeah, it, it, it is an interesting paradox. And again, uh, it was. It, it, I, I was saying while we're watching it, it reminded me of um, Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. It's like at its best, it's Back to the Future. Yeah. At its worst, it's the Roswell episode of Futurama. Yeah, you just need um, <laughs> you just need somebody like a Doc Brown shaking um, Michael Bean's shoulders, going, "You've got to, yeah, you've got to, you've got to stop it, or that photograph's gonna fade before yeah. it burns." Oh. Well, we did watch it fade; it burnt. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that just confused me because I didn't feel like he knew that it was going to be his destiny. And no, I don't, I don't, I don't know so. if he did or not. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he did. I think he, I think he was just in the past and he went, oh, what? I'm in a situation where I can mm. have sex with with this lady who I think is is gorgeous and that I've grown close to and that I'm also meant to be quite Protective. protective of. Yeah. Um. Sure. Okay. Don't know. Like, am I thinking about time continuum stuff? Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. <laughs> It is weird if you focus on it for as long as we have. Um, and <laughs> what is that? A good ten minutes? Uh, it's it's a few minutes, yeah. Um, but but also, I, I think it is one of the more interesting aspects of 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 the story and how that then feeds into future films as well. And like oh, okay. the whole interaction between Kyle and Sarah and how. Kyle shapes Sarah, who shapes John, who shapes, shapes Kyle. Kyle. Then and it's how, a circle. Yeah, how that loops, I think, is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as other characters we have not yet met. Ooh. Um, would you guys like some trivia about the Terminator? Yes, please. please. All right, this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's incorrect, don't blame me. <laughs> I've got it down to a rhyme now, so yeah. it only took me... <laughs> Uh, three years, but I've got <laughs> yeah. got it now. This section is called Shut Up, We Mentioned It. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Arnold Schwarzenegger worked with guns every day for a month to prepare for the role. The f- yeah, these you mean two. these guns? <laughs> <laughs> like we both were just like... <gasps> we, we've got a joke incoming. Um, the first two weeks of filming, he practiced weapon stripping and reassembling blindfolded until the motions were automatic like a machine mm-hmm. uh, he spent hours at the shooting range and practicing with different weapons without blinking or looking at them when reloading or cocking he also had to be ambidextrous uh, he practiced different moves up to 50 times and he wound up garnering comment from soldier of fortune magazine uh, for his <laughs> realistic handling of the guns uh, whereas the magazine usually lampooned movies for their inaccurate depictions of weapon use Mm. yeah i always wondered about that like would it have been cooler looking because you know how he's like you know pull like grab the gun look down the barrel be kind of cool with it like i also imagine like the cool idea of like how a robot could fight like that i guess is more like how have you seen the mandalorian bradley no there's a character in that who's a droid and he literally just has two guns in his hands and he just moves like the arms there and then it's completely behind him then it spins and so on like that Mm. like would it have been more interesting? I guess it would have also looked a bit silly as well with this yeah. like big muscle guy just spinning around shooting things. While with this, it's like he's a tank on legs. Yeah, I, I like how he just fires the guns with one hand and stuff because, you know, he's mm. a big, strong robot. He doesn't mm. need a... Yeah. He doesn't need himself. no recoil. Yeah. yeah. Um, around 23 minutes into the film, there is um, the character of Sarah Connor receiving a message from her answering machine that was breaking her date. Yes. Uh, that was the voice of James, James Cameron, Cameron. Uh, who <laughs> obviously ended up marrying um, Linda Hamilton for a while. Um, oh. J- James Cameron has a, a little bit of a track record of being in relationships with important women in films that he um, is making. Uh-huh. I believe it was either around the time of this film or after this film, he either married or was in a serious relationship with the co-screenwriter. Uh, And then eventually, around the time we got to T2, uh, was around the same time that he and Linda Hamilton were married. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, it's... I mean, Spielberg's done that. Yeah, it's just with with James Cameron, it it just seems to insert itself into the narrative quite a lot. It's it's kind of interesting. And also, it's just fun having the director, you know, have the Hitchcock cameo being on an answer machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because he had a Hitchcock cameo on Titanic too. He was the hands drawing as well. Because Leonardo couldn't draw, but he could. Yeah. 
Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger tried to avoid Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean as much as possible because he didn't want to have any connection with them so that he could remain removed. Uh, a robot. Yeah, he could remain just like, I'm going to kill you, we're not friends, da da yeah. da. Um, which is really funny considering how good friends now Linda and Arnie are. Mm. Uh, the fact that, you know, particularly for uh, the most recent, was it Dark Fate, the most recent yeah. one? Yeah, a lot of the publicity was just those two palling around, <laughs> yeah. like doing yeah. interviews together. Um, this film obviously features the line, I'll be back, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know... Yeah, that was just kind of thrown out there, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. I thought this was going to be a big line. I mean, in fairness, he did then continue the retort by driving, driving a, car. a car into yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that was more, like, memorable than most of his other lines. Mm. Like, it could have just been your clothes, give them to me, or something like yeah. that. But again, that that's a line which gets picked up in the second film oh, okay. and, and played around with, as and, does... And I can't think of any other lines. Um, come with me if you want to live. Oh, I mean of Arnold's. That could be oh, like yeah. his catchphrase. Well, yeah, he's obviously asked to live Easter baby. Yeah, that one's not. That, that one's obviously next. Year. But there are lines that get used again and again through the films. It's very much the "I've got a bad feeling about this" from oh, Star yeah. Wars. Or the Mother Force be with you. Yeah. Or, or um, Great Scott. Yeah. Hi, hi, Luke. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a Jedi. Whatever it is. Um, originally, though, <laughs> "I'll be back" was scripted as "I'll come back," <laughs> which I've, I'm sure it still would have worked. Yeah. I'll come back. I think it, that would have been fine. It's kind of more to the point, but I think it's less... I don't know, why is it less funny? Or less cool? I... See... How do I argue for I'll be back over I'll come back? <laughs> it's like, yeah, two very, very similar lines. I don't know. I do know that Arnie actually wanted it to be I will be back. Hmm. Because um, he thought that that sounded more robotic, but James Cameron was just like, "Nah, yeah, no, nah, just yeah. say I'll be back." Just you act, I'll write. Is basically yeah. what he said. So, <laughs> yeah. and in fairness, they both did it very well. Mm-hmm. Michael Bean almost didn't get the role of Kyle Reese because in his first audition, he spoke with a southern accent uh, as a result of working on a stage production of Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> Come here if you all want to live. Yeah. Come here, y'all. <laughs> I'm from the future. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, he was not going to be considered because they were like, man, his accent's no good. They were considering Sting. They were considering Sting. Um, <laughs> yeah, which just shows you how maybe desperate they were. Accenty goodness. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, um, his agent basically was like, oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't have that accent. Like, like he's just been doing it a lot lately. So he got another audition. And yeah. that time they were like, okay, this, this is better now. Uh, Mel Gibson turned down the role of the Terminator. Could you imagine? Mm. Um, He felt that he wasn't right for the part, and after seeing it, was like, yep, Yep. I was was not (laughs) the right person for this role. Um, I could imagine it, but I I don't think it would be anywhere near as good. I think it would be this weird kind of, like, what? Arnold had a physical... Like in his body, he hmm. was menacing towards it, everything. It's very... I think with Mel Gibson, you'd be like that guy's eyes. Like, like it, they hmm. would just—he would just focus on you so much with like his general intensity yeah. that you'd be like, "Oh, okay, this guy's bad. This guy's bad." Like, not just because he's a brick, but more like he's yeah. like weirdly driven. Because I, I also... Mel Gibson can do that. Like, yeah. it's kind of part of *Lethal Weapon*. In it. The the thing about Mel Gibson is he's very much in action films. He's the kind of character with the physicality and movement of, say, Reese, mm. where, you know... Just get the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, like, you know, jumping around scrappy. and doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he's scrappy. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Whereas 
you know, the Terminator is a very non-scrappy character by he's a, he's his a, nature. Yeah, he's just big and he just plows through things as opposed to, like, charging into things. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's just... It's very hard to um, have a physical presence that is not funny when they're fully naked. And because when you see that shot of Schwarzenegger looking over the city he would go on to govern in 19 years, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but th- that shot is, is an impressive shot, but at no point, uh, or the reverse shot where you see his wang doodle uh, yeah. a little bit, um, at no point are you going like... I'm impressed you didn't call it versed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning. Um, but yeah, at no point was I going, oh, it's funny. Or like, oh, this is unusual. I was going, he is going to kick Bill Paxton's butt. Like, no, yeah. And I don't know. There's like, you know, sudden, suddenly having his uh, Winkle messer out. Is yeah, really exactly. Going to like, it's like, okay, this is worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it's interesting as well, because this this film is, is, is R-rated. And I forgot that we also got... Um, nudity from from linda hamilton yeah and that mm. that that very very aggressive kissing um <laughs> yeah they were like eating each other dude they were yeah. like really going at it um but yeah the 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 sort of you know the love making there as well i i was watching it and, and just going this is a lot more full-on than i remember mm. from from my terminator films um but but it, i think it is interesting and i i I don't think Mel Gibson would have been good for this. Oh, no. I, well, I mean, Mel Gibson doesn't think Mel Gibson was good for this, yeah. so yeah. Um, but I will just quickly say, uh, on the mention of Bill Paxton earlier, um, fun little trivia fact about Bill Paxton. He's the only actor to have ever been killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a Predator. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Game over, what, man. What Game else? Over. What else could he be killed by to like make this? I mean, that's a trifecta, but to add more to it, anything else? Well, I mean, horrible. his career is done now by having been killed by real life. Um, which true, is a shame. true. Um, but I would say maybe. Would you say a stormtrooper? Uh, maybe Darth Vader. Maybe okay, yeah. Like had he played okay. an Imperial or, got... or a Sith? Yeah, maybe yeah, something Sith slash Jedi. Yeah. Um, Borg. Yeah, I forgot that he was dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I'll be honest. That list is pretty good. Guys. That list—it's a very—it's a very eighties death list. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Godzilla. Maybe, maybe Godzilla or yeah. King Kong, like some sort or Rambo, of... or Rambo, the Rambo. other the other eighties killer. <laughs> yeah, the other eighties killer. <laughs> yeah. Um, science fiction author Harlan Ellison sued James Cameron, claiming that whilst he hugely enjoyed the film, he felt the story was plagiarized from two episodes of The Outer Limits that he had written, namely Soldier and demon with a glass hand the concept of skynet could also have been borrowed from an elson short story called i have no mouth and i must scream the suit was settled out of court and newer prints of the film such as this one that we watched tonight acknowledge elson yes there is that thing like special acknowledgement to Mm. something in that one i was like i thought he might have just been a special effects guy yeah Uh, cameron actually claimed that the settlement was forced upon him by the producers who refused to support him he felt that elson made invalid and opportunistic claims and wanted the case to go to trial Uh, the insurance company told cameron that he would be held personally responsible for financial damages in the event that he lost the trial since he was short on money at the time as he said he was sleeping in his car when they were making this film uh cameron couldn't take the risk so he had no choice but to accept the settlement a fact he has always resented Mm. yeah yeah well i mean and then he never copied another film of (laughs) gavatar yeah like he yeah he was super desperate to just like make terminator work Mm. like um he sold the the script to the producer of that film for one dollar and just like went 
I'll sell you the script for one dollar, but the only thing is I get to direct it, mm. and then like literally anything else. Just Stallone did that with Rocky as well. Like mm. people would offer to buy the script out from him as long as he agreed that he ha- like he. It was always I need to direct Rocky as well, mm. and he held on and like he passed up a lot of money when he was quite poor just mm. to make sure he was the one doing the script. And indeed, many studios passed on. Terminator yeah. um, for that reason because they wanted other more established directors they didn't want the guy that got fired from Piranha 2 which <laughs> I think is a fair you know, <laughs> yeah. call yeah at that point you're like oh, oh. yeah but um, but yeah it's you're not even the Piranha 1 guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but, but, but also James Cameron absolutely bang on the money to hold on to that and mm. to, to get his vision realised because he had a clear vision in that film I think really benefited from that mm. Mm. The crew made t-shirts saying, you can't scare me, I work for James Cameron. <laughs> Which I just feel is... Um, it's a good summary of everything, yeah. Yeah, look, if I, I'm probably quite a different person from Jim, if I can call him that. I think no. if people were turned up to the podcast saying, you can't scare me, I uh, do podcasts with Stephen, Stephen Platt, Platt, I would probably change some behaviors. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but I just found that very funny yeah. as well. It really didn't, because this is like the beginning of all his behaviors. Yeah, um, but look, the man makes films that people really like. Mm. And he makes films which are objectively quite good. Yeah, for a while there, there was a really famous quote, which is like, nobody's ever made a $2 billion film except for one guy who did it twice mm. with Titanic and Avatar. So, like, you know, he makes films. Yeah, he makes films that make bank. Yeah. Uh, the scene where the Terminator breaks into a station wagon was the last thing shot for the film, and it was shot a couple of weeks before release. Uh, the scene was filmed in two hours by James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger and no one else. Due to insufficient funds, Cameron had to pay for the scene himself, but couldn't afford the police permit. So as such, uh, another set of Arnold's clothes were placed behind the wagon trunk and Cameron told him to change the moment was finished just in case anyone called the cops, <laughs> seeing somebody breaking, breaking into a into stage a wagon. I thought we were going to say like he couldn't afford like the fake glass and so Arnold just punched it and ripped well, his hand to shreds. When he punches the windshield, um, that had to be rehearsed lots of times because they only had one windshield. one windshield. It was going to be too costly to keep replacing it, so it all had to be choreographed perfectly. Um, and because the way it's punched, it's not Arnold's hand, but Arnold yeah. has to have his head in there so it looks right perspective-wise. Mm. So they rehearsed it's it. Is it like a robot it. hand or something? It's it's like a dummy thing, basically. Yeah. yeah. But the, what what it is? I mean, is, it is a robot hand. Well, yeah. If it's Arnold's hand, <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> but that they they had one shot to quote Eminem to get mm. that exactly right um so and they did and you know this this really was made on shoestrings mm. um and that gives it a charm too like it was kind of like after you get into it and you understand that this isn't huge budget you're sitting there go oh this is kind of good like um like kind of like the first John Wick how you sit and they go oh this isn't like this is quite polished because it's people who you know have a passion for what they do mm. but it's not got like the polish of money being rubbed across yeah. it he's not riding a horse through the street yet you know no. it's, it's very much um <laughs> yeah it, it has a type and it, it absolutely i think there is some charm to that mm. um during production of conan the destroyer which also came out in 1984 arnold schwarzenegger was interviewed about upcoming projects and referred to the terminator as quote some shit movie i'm doing uh, take a couple of weeks end quote he has since uh, recanted that statement saying <laughs> it was wrong of me to judge the movie before I was fully involved uh, James as in Cameron created a fantastic character and while I was hesitant I now know the Terminator is a defining work in my career and I got a nice shirt yes he did um, but I mean in fairness though on paper 
this film really shouldn't have been as successful oh, as yeah. it was. Mm. Like it's it's a film that studios didn't particularly want. It's a film which was you know shot without police permits in parts and even watching it now we're like these effects don't particularly hold up um but but it's a good film yeah and it's it's enjoyable yeah there, and there's a real novum like a little nugget of a solid idea in there of yeah and yeah. that gleams through in its simplicity i think as well because it is two guys go back in time gotta stop the thing like I can see why there were more films coming out of it because it's like, well, what about what happened in the future? Yeah. What exactly is Sky? Yeah. Where can we go from thing? Yeah. yeah, what? Yeah, what is it? Where? And then also the questions about like, what is going to go on? Like obviously, while you're marching forward to the part where John Connor has to lead everything, and who is John Connor? You're also marching towards the moment that civilization collapses as well and what mm. that means so i'm going to be quite interesting to see i would assume that one of the other films is probably going to start to try and deal with like the actual apocalypse i mm. assume the second one because it's called judgment day well so i will find out you will find maybe out. i'm guessing I'm, I'm fishing for too much aren't i uh a little bit but yeah. that's okay it, it's, it's promising that you want to see how this is going yeah um, yeah no, I, I guess that's a really big point towards it mm, yeah like it, it gave it showed and didn't tell and now i'm kind of interested to see where it goes uh popular belief around um this film is that lance henriksen was going to play the terminator now uh, lance henriksen is in this film he's the uh, one of the cops in the station is he yeah oh yeah, no, Lance Henriksen is um, Vukovic. Um, oh, he's the second cop, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's the one that keeps trying to tell stories and, get, and just gets keeps cut getting off. shut down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, but there was, the reason that this was around is because um, James Cameron based some of his early sketches for The Terminator on Henriksen's likeness. Uh-huh. So that kind of was there. Uh, and reportedly, he also helped Cameron pitch the film's idea to producers in a rather unique way. He prepared himself for meetings by dressing up in leather, adding a cut to his head and putting gold foil on his teeth. Fifteen minutes before the meeting, he kicked in the door to the office and sat silently staring at the producers, which made them uncomfortable. (laughs) When Cameron arrived, Hemrickson left the room. He later overheard one of the producers say, I don't care who you use for the Terminator, not him. (laughs) So, So have a job. Yeah, he's like, okay, we get it. Just not the weird, creepy guy with the gold foil teeth. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, James Cameron... It sounds so cheap as well. Like, I could also imagine you just put like yeah. TV aerial antennas in yeah. his head as well. How It's like, how did this film get turned down by the studio when the man who lives in his car and his actor friend break into the thing? <laughs> I just don't know why this seemed why, like a yeah, bad business why, idea. Yeah. Why were people so hesitant? He almost made Piranha too, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James Cameron has never seen any money for Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, or Terminator Genesis, uh, the sequels after Terminator 2. Uh, Before making Terminator, he had fired his agent, who didn't show any faith in the project, and then went to represent himself. Uh, He sold the rights to the first film in a successful attempt to direct it, but this also meant that the rights kept bouncing from studio to studio. Due to changes in copyright law, they reverted back to him last year, but he has received no royalties for any of the movies that were made during that time that he didn't direct. He refers to his lost income as the costs of a Hollywood education. There you go, because he was involved in Dark Fate from memory, because that was kind of the big selling point. It's like, oh, Cameron's back. This will be great. Yeah. This is 
whatever it is. Like it's yeah, it's it's the original director. Yeah, original director. It's Linda Hamilton. Mm. It's Arnold. It'll be great. It'll be fine. And it was. I'm sure I didn't watch it. I haven't seen it. Well, obviously I haven't seen it because I've seen no Terminator. I actually have not seen it. Oh. So it could be brilliant, guys. It could be, yeah. Is it a spectacular return to form or mm. We not? will never know yeah. unless we Google does it. Does it just suffer from that problem that all trilogies have on the sixth film? Yeah. It's a, it's, it really is the Revenge of the Sith. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the bit where Linda Hamilton goes, don't try it, Arnold. I've got the higher <laughs> ground. <laughs> Underestimate my power. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm too scared to watch the latest Terminator film. In yeah. Case it's Have any of really the other bad. ones, like whatever they are, Salvation. They did not do Reloaded well. and Revolution. Sporty. <laughs> Salvation was, uh, and Genesis was. For those listening at home, Salvation was uh, like a low mare. And Genesis was a, was a, a real, sad head shake. A sad, sad head shake. Very sad head shake. Yeah. 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 Uh, the scene where Carl Reese first arrives in the alley was filmed in the same location that Nadia calls Jim in American Pie 2. <laughs> that is a strange bit of trivia, and it makes me kind of wonder if those worlds are connected. <laughs> Obviously. Well, the, the other thing, the other uh, film universe, which um, might be connected, I, I want to close on, is uh, to do with the actor Earl Bowen, who plays the psychologist. Oh, yeah. He has played psychologists in three film franchises. Obviously, Terminator. Mm-hmm. The other film franchises in which he's played psychologists and which I now consider to have a shared universe are The Naked Gun <laughs> and The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. <laughs> are we really finishing on this fact? I'm just saying. <laughs> the Terminator, Naked Gun, Clumps... <laughs> Uh, oh. Kind of shared universe. <laughs> they've got they've got a smart scientist. They've got OJ, who was almost the yeah. Terminator. I was going to say so. That's where OJ Simpson went. Yeah, like guys, it all fits. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen stopped Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled open the drawer and went bingo, and then lifted up a bingo card. It all it all fits, guys. Oh. I just really like the fact that there is a chance that the first Naked Gun film is one of the better Terminator films. Just, just by, <laughs> by virtue of it being better than Genesis and Salvation. You thought his head shake was bad when you <laughs> mentioned Terminator, the later Terminator films. Mm. I didn't come here to be subjective. <laughs> you didn't. What you have come here Look, to do, though, is to score the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, you get to do it first. Uh, yes. We score films out of ten on this program, just for fun. One being, uh-oh, this is no good. Ten being, where hey. Um, and this is just kind of reflect where we're sitting now that we've had about an hour to reflect on the film The Terminator. So, Jason, uh, what score would you give it out of ten? I'm going to give it seven talking to a statue holding um, hamburgers to yeah. watch your bike out of ten. That was weird and a very poor security method. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Bradley? Um, I'm going to give it... Am I allowed to do half? You can do half. All right. I'm going to give it seven and a half... Um, Bill Paxton's being punched into a fence mm. out of 10. Mm. Um, yeah, it's solid film. It has aged a bit. It's mm. not nearly as good as, say, like Terminator 2 or something like that, but mm. it's still a damn good film. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed this a bit more than I thought I was going to, um, and I would give it 7 
absent eyebrows out of town <laughs> um, because th- that that look after the fire when Arnold's got no eyebrows is yeah is, something else is something else entirely. <laughs> uh, but that's commitment, man. He shaved them off. Did you shave them off? Or he did, did. He cover them. Yeah, no, nope, they were shaved. Oh, okay. He actually got them insured before they were shaved off, just in case they didn't grow back properly, because that can happen sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was Lloyd's, the Bank of Lloyd's in England, actually <laughs> insured them, uh, just in case they didn't come back. This unknown bodybuilder who wants to shave his eyebrows yeah. for what might be a dare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because uh, there's a point, because usually you can just paste over them with, yeah. like, you know, literal clay. Mm. But some people, yeah, okay, I thought that because he also had some burns there as well for a yeah. while, so I wondered if they just painted over them. Yeah, just shaved them off. There we go. Uh, and that brings us to the end of our review of The Terminator. Mm-hmm. Jason and Bradley, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode. Yes, thank you for having me. Look forward to it next week. All right, and for those of you listening at home, if you're going to join Jason on part two of our journey into Terminator land, then make sure that you are subscribed to receive that episode next week how do you do that just search for us on itunes or soundcloud or spotify or wherever it is you're getting podcasts these days just click subscribe there Uh, we're also available on facebook for you to leave comments you know you can tell us about um actors you would take seriously naked Uh, just go to facebook search for the cinema catch-up club podcast and give us a like and of course there is the patreon Uh, our patrons help choose the uh the trilogies that get reviewed they choose other films as well if you want to help make those choices go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast but that's all for this week so until next time i will be back i'll come back all right see you guys later You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.